Hello everyone, welcome to episode 908 of Cold Wave Soundcheck. I'm Aaron Pollock. Cold Waves has returned for 2021 in Chicago, kicking off Thursday, September 23rd and running through Sunday the 26th at Metro, Smart Bar, and G-Man. Cold Waves is a celebration of Chicago's relationship with industrial music, the memory of a fallen brother, and a fundraiser for suicide prevention charities. For more information, including the full lineup and ticket links, head to coldwaves.net. This week we're chatting with Saturday Smart Bar performer Sherry Varry. This is Void Vision.
I started playing music when I was really young. Around age eight, I started off with piano. And then by age 12, I got into electronic music and I started working with um, tracker programs <laughs> when I was really young because I had an, an older brother who kind of introduced me to electronic music and making music on the computer. So um, I started off with that and you know I was too young to really afford instruments and then by the time I got older I was buying you know more synthesizers and things that I could physically program music with but yeah I've just I've always been interested in music and um, I think it was around college that I really started going out and going to clubs and then found Weird Records Night in New York. And that was really kind of like a very formulative couple years for me. Um, I don't know, have you ever heard of the Weird Records Party in New York? It was pretty much where all the minimal synth and um, cold wave revival in New York took place. And um, it was just kind of like a hub of really amazing, talented people coming together. And um, so, I took a lot of influence from that scene. It was like, not like any other club night I'd ever been to. It was kind of like, when I found it, I felt like I was home and I couldn't really find that anywhere else. So um, I got a lot of knowledge there. And then just kind of, I had a partner in the very beginning that I was um, making electronic music with under Void Vision when we first started. But then he kind of branched off and, um, started his own projects um and i just went solo after that so i've been pretty much a lone wolf ever since then except for a violin player here and there that will um, collaborate with me on different tracks but it's mostly just been myself <laughs> so you're in the philly area now yes um i was based out of philly for the last 10 or so years but i just moved to maryland so <laughs> right when the pandemic started yeah, I mean, I was in Philly 2006 to 20, uh, 2015, and now, you know, I had another kid and I ran out of room in my row home. So now I'm across the river on the Jersey side. But, you know, I, I felt like when I was in Philly, I, I didn't, maybe I didn't have my finger on the pulse, but I felt like Philly didn't, didn't have that strong, you know, electronic music scene going on. I felt like anytime a band was coming around for a show half the time, you know, they play at Wilmington, a bar 13, or, or maybe, maybe they would find, you know, like a house show over in West Philly somewhere. But usually I was driving up to New York city for the night to catch a show. I mean, did, did, did you feel like that too? Or, or did I miss something somewhere along the way? No, I definitely felt like that. And that's why I started going to New York to go to that club. Um, because really when I first started, which was kind of a, a little while ago, not to date myself, but <laughs> um, yeah, there was everything in Philly was like garage rock and metal and punk and indie. And there was not that much in the way of electronic music that I could tell. Um, I couldn't, I felt like a fish out of water kind of. And then, I mean, now there's actually a pretty big electronic scene there now, but I, I would say Philadelphia is always about 10 years behind New York <laughs> and they always kind of take a while for things to catch on there for some reason, even though it's so geographically close to New York. <laughs> it, it's close and, and it's still a really big city. So you'd think population wise, there'd be enough to sustain some sort of a scene. 
I mean, I, I'm going to talk to Corinne tomorrow. So they, I mean, it sounds like they've recently come out of there. So I also want to pick their brain about what Philly's been up to since I've sort of been missing out a little bit. It's been, it's been good in the last couple of years, I'd say. And yeah, Corinne's one of the bands that came out of there and there's, there's a few others I could name that were really good, but it was definitely like slim pickings when I first started. But um, yeah, the scene has grown a lot. There's a lot of goth and eighties nights now and, and all the, um, I DJ one, I used to DJ one of them regularly, but, um, yeah, it's like a pretty good collaborative scene there now. And there is a good warehouse scene. There's a good noise scene. Um, I'd say it's grown a lot. So <laughs> listening to you, your music style, I feel like the kind of music that you were making, I feel like it's really prevalent now. Like, I don't know if it, it was like a trend, but that there's so many bands that that have that similar sound. And I don't think there was as much when you were creating it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it was definitely like I questioned myself a lot in the beginning, but it was I mean, it was what I wanted to do. And I, I always just wanted to be to make honest music and not really do what anybody else was doing. So I figured I mean, the people in New York that audience really understood what I was doing. But I felt like sometimes when I was in Philadelphia, people didn't quite get it and they had no frame of reference to compare me to anything. And like, sometimes I get stragglers who would come in while I was playing a show and they'd, they'd be like, oh, this is cool. It sounds like Evanescence or some like completely ridiculous thing <laughs> that, you know, didn't apply to what I was doing. But <laughs> um, I think people get it now it's dark wave is so big now a dark wave wasn't even a term when I started I was kind of put in the like minimal wave and or um like the minimal synth genre but but now people just call me dark wave I guess I don't really I hate to go by genre names I really hate it and it, I have a hard time kind of describing what I do to people or to, you know musically because I mean, usually I don't go by genres when I describe what I do. I usually say like, oh, it's not, it sounds like um, if Madonna was like really depressed and bought a bunch of synths <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> which, which probably did happen at some point in her life. She just didn't outfit that creatively. So I, it looked like the last thing that I could find uh, was back in 2013. So uh, tell me about what, what you've been working on you know, for the past seven, eight years. And I mean, you mentioned this before, but it sounds like you're starting to work on something again to, to put out soon. To be honest, I've actually been continually writing new stuff over the years and I've been performing my new stuff live. I just haven't released it on a record yet. So <laughs> um, I did I did release a newer song like a year or so ago with a music video, but <laughs> it wasn't uh, officially released on like iTunes yet or anything. Um, but that'll be on the next album, which I've been working on slowly. I'm a slow ass, I know. <laughs> but um, I'm kind of like an anal perfectionist. And I also was going through like just a lot of changes in the last couple years. Um, relocated, went through a terrible breakup. Just, just, I spent a lot of time touring too. I mean, I, I, I just played so many shows constantly and went on a tour a year ago and it's just it's hard to like record when you have constant offers coming your way and then what I do with my music is I mean I carry a lot of gear around with me so breaking it down carrying around to a show coming back 
setting it back up is like exhausting <laughs> by the time i set it back up i have to go out and play another show again and it's like it's hard to get anything done with that a full-time job and like life in general and then you know i got really excited when the pandemic started not excited well i was depressed first I was in, extremely depressed but <laughs> when i got past that initial depression i felt kind of like a sigh of relief that i didn't have I, constant obligations although i was sad because a couple of my really big shows got canceled but besides that i was like oh cool i'm gonna get so much shit done i'm gonna record this whole album <laughs> but you know you you think you're gonna get so much done and then <laughs> other things get in the way i guess but yeah i'm still planning on getting the new album done by this year um in the next few months so there's that to look forward to and um I've already got a bunch of shows planned for the fall. Um, Cold Waves, obviously, and then an L.A. show and a New York show. So there's a lot coming up and, and I just keep getting more offers. And so it'll be busy, <laughs> but I'm hoping to get that album done by, you know, before this year ends.
you were booked to play Cold Waves last year before it got canceled, right? If I remember correctly. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's great that that Jason was still able to get you because it, it feels like with the uncertainty of the world right now that that the lineup had to change a lot because you know getting people in and out of all the different countries since Cold Waves really has been such a global booking you know, for a while that, you know, it's, it's a lot of money and effort for something that, that there's no guarantee everyone will be clear to come over in September. Yeah, true. I mean, I thought about that too. I mean, I think the lineup's really great this year. Um, I think, you know, the, the new people that you got on for this year are good. And I think it's going to be a great show, but yeah, it's, um, I had a show in, in Mexico that got canceled. That was like very large and I was very excited for it um that one will return in 2022 but i don't know if they're going to be able to get all the acts or not like it is such a new terrain for music booking right now and and a lot of venues closed and everybody's going to be fighting over the venues and trying to book i mean <laughs> it's, everything's just so different now yeah i mean since you've done a bunch of touring were, were there any places that that were really important to you that weren't able to make it through or, or does it seem like you know they're they're able to hold it down um on my last tour um the one place i didn't get to go was spain which i really wanted to go because <laughs> i missed that on my first tour too um it was a really great tour overall i mean all the shows were good um i i toured with xeno no glender and um yeah, I mean, I just got to play in my favorite places and, you know, Berlin's always fun. Netherlands was really fun. Um, I, I don't want to single out or forget any, but it, there was just, it was really amazing, very big shows. And I got to play the WGT Fest, which was a very large audience, which was great. <laughs> it's, it's really weird being on such a large stage when I'm just one person stuck behind some, some synthesizers and I feel like I can't move around as much, but at the same time, like I like hiding behind the sense, you know. <laughs> You're doing a lot of performing without having been able to record anything recently. That's really cool and a testament to yourself as an artist that everyone is still wants wants to book you, even if you don't have anything new and fresh out. You know, it's like front front two four two's been able to tour without putting anything out for a while. So it's like you know it. it if people like you, they really like you, you know, you don't need something new and something to put out to, to, to get an audience to want to come out and see you. Yeah. I'm actually constantly surprised <laughs> um, and very grateful that people have been really, really supportive of me and I just keep getting better shows it seems. But um, I mean, I do, like I said, I do play new material live. I just, um, yeah, I'm, I'm shocked that people don't even need a new release to, you know, want to book me so I'm happy about that but I, I definitely am you know eager to to put out another one <laughs> are you able to play the songs enough that people are able to recognize the new stuff that just go to the the live the live shows yeah they do they, they find it on YouTube they find live performances and they're like oh I know this one <laughs> that's it yeah that's a good point now it's it's not like someone's bootlegging on some cassette tape now you know if you perform something once it's possible that everyone in the world has heard it many times over after a few weeks yeah i'm surprised too because a lot of people know all the lyrics and i'm and they'll like be singing it live and i'm like that's that's crazy because like <laughs> i always feel so unimportant sometimes they're just like invisible i don't know i live in a weird distorted 
world that's dysmorphic. So <laughs> I don't see my reality as other people see it. But yeah, I'm I'm constantly surprised and amazed at the um, just enthusiasm that people have for my work, even though I haven't I'd had a prolific output, you know. <laughs> In years past, you know, cold waves had anatomy and they had conga and it, and it feels like there's there's at least there's this newer breed of like the, you know, the, 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 the solo female fronted electronic group going on. Do you feel like that's something that, that you're seeing more and more of these days? And it seems like Andy's doing a lot of good things up in New York also. Yeah. I love Andy. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely more common now. Um, like I said, when I first started, it was kind of a different scene and a lot of, there were female fronted electronic groups, but they always had like a guy in the back doing a lot of the technical stuff or just like, you know, they always, it was always like a duo or something trio. Um, there weren't that many singular, just like female solo acts. Um, there's a couple I can think of, but you know, it definitely became a lot more prevalent. And um, when I started off as a duo myself, when my bandmate left, I kind of got some weird comments from people about how I should find another partner or, you know, I needed a man or something to uh, do the technical shit. And it, it pissed me off because I've been programming music since I was 12. <laughs> and uh, I wrote all these songs and um, yeah, just, I think that that planted the rage in me to want to prove myself as a solo musician <laughs> for the doubters. And I think that I've proven that at this point. <laughs> it's the best way to shut those people up is just to you know quickly prove them wrong. It sucks that you even have to say, you know, make a statement like that. But I think nowadays um, it's just a lot more common and accepted that women have technical skills too. <laughs> and men have been a lot more supportive lately and more conscious, I think, of, I don't know, I'd like to think <laughs> it's a little better atmosphere now. That was all I had written down for you. Did I miss anything that, that you wanted to mention? Or, you know, you talked about recording, you talked about shows coming up. Anything else on your mind that I missed? Anything else? Um, I would say just um, for those asking, new album by end of year, hopefully. Okay. Go harass me if it's uh, getting close to the end of the year and uh, you need, I need a fire under my ass or something. <laughs> Politely though, not not internet harassment, polite harassment. Right, right. And I'm sure there'll be some new music videos. I have a um, couple conceptualized that I want to work on. So yeah, there's that to look forward to.
On this episode, you heard Body Says, Sour, and Hidden Hand. Void Vision can be found at voidvision.bandcamp.com. Our opening music is Euthanasia by Accumination. Our closing music is Messiah by Splinter Group. Subscribe to the show through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Join us next week as we chat with Morgie and Trey from Corinne. Our closing segment each week is dedicated to the inspiration for Cold Waves, Jamie Duffy. Here is Jamie's mom, Pat Duffy, a.k.a. Mama Kid, sharing another one of her memories. Pigface had their 25th anniversary show, and they had the day before they had a dress rehearsal at Reggie's. So I went up for that, and I'm standing there, and I go up to the bar, order myself a drink, and this nice young man, he offers to buy me a drink. And I said, oh, well, thank you, you know. And I say, you know, my name's Mama Kid, and he tells me his name is Eric. You know, he says, oh, I know who you are. You know, let me tell you a story about your son. Jamie was touring, and I don't know who he was touring with. They were out in San Francisco where this guy was from with his band. You know, they opened. You know, Jamie talked with them. And years later, when his band was touring and they came through the Midwest, they were playing in Chicago. They get there and, you know, they're doing their sound check and things are not going well. And everything sounds like crap. And they're having some issues with the sound guy. So they take a break, come back, and no sound guy. And there's a different guy there, and and they're like, well, who are you? And he says, hi, I'm so-and-so. Jamie Duffy said he couldn't be here tonight, and he said the house sound guy probably shouldn't be doing your sound for you. And so um, he can't be here, so he sent me in his place, and he paid me to come do your sound for you. So I let the other guy go, and so let's go do your sound check. And we had a great show. And he goes, who does that? He said, your son paid for somebody else that he trusted to come and do our show because he couldn't be there.